Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Urticaria, your UCARE podcast. UCARE? Uticaria Centers of Reference and Excellence. And I have with me, and I'm so happy about this, Laurence Bouillet from Grenoble, head of the uh, UCARE, head of the ACARE there, and, well, nothing less than a motor of this network with a lot of energy and contributions. Hello, Laurence. Hello, Marcus. Nice to meet you. Thank you for being here with me today. We would like to talk about why chronic urticaria is a female disease. Laurence, why is chronic urticaria a female disease? Perhaps because it's an autoimmune disease. And you know that uh, lots of autoimmune diseases often predominate in women. And so why not for chronic spontaneous urticaria? Marcus, do you think also uh, TSU predominant in women? Well, I, I see that there is uh, quite a bit of difference between female patients and male patients with chronic urticaria. Not only do they get the disease more often, but it is my impression that they have the more severe disease, the longer lasting disease, possibly also more angioedema. They suffer more from this disease and by and large, their response to treatment is not as good as in the male patients. I know that there's not much evidence out there for this, but this is my clinical impression. Laurence, do you see the same thing, that urticaria is harder on female patients? Yes, I think that probably there is more angioedema. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's true that we have more women in consultation. We know that I think that the male-female ratio probably is one for two. I don't know if you have the same, uh, this same ratio. Especially no. in chronic spontaneous urticaria. I know also, also uh, to some extent in chronic inducible urticaria, also to some extent in angioedema only, but I think in chronic spontaneous urticaria, we really see that pattern. And, you know, Laurence, I've always wondered, uh, up until puberty, it's pretty much 50-50, no? Boys and girls are affected in a similar way, in a similar ratio. But once puberty starts, and then once, you know, menopause comes, you have this lifespan where women are just more often and more severely affected. Let's explore the possible mechanisms a little bit. Is that uh, linked to the hormones acting on mast cells? Is it to contraception? What's your what's your take on this? You're, you're right. Uh, probably some differences between males and females suggest that sex hormones played a role in the pathophysiology of CSU. Uh, but it's difficult to know exactly at what at which point. Yeah. But uh, yes, puberty is one of uh, uh, a point important, I think, that uh, explains why some, most women uh, have uh, uh, chronic spontaneous urticaria. For uh, pregnancy, it's not uh, it's not the same, I think, because we have some patients who improve during pregnancy, at the opposite, some patients who impair during pregnancy. So the role of sex hormone is not so clear. Mm. What do you think about that? Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I like that very much. And I'm very happy that we now have, for the first time, data from a large population of chronic urticaria patients uh, and how their disease changed during pregnancy. And it's exactly like you say, there is, a, a, again, two populations where one group of female patients gets worse, well, the urticaria gets worse, and in the other patients, uh, it gets better. And it may be, like you suggest, that it is a difference in the underlying immunology where TH1, 17-driven autoimmune chronic spontaneous urticaria responds differently than TH2, IgE-driven autoallergic urticaria, for example. I think we need to figure this out. Yes, you're right. We, we know that uh, the association with thyroid autoimmunity uh, is higher in females and probably also autoimmune disease. Uh, so I, I think we have to do a study about that uh, because probably the autoimmune um, uh, factor uh, predominant in women, perhaps more than sex hormone. I, I agree. Laurence, do you treat male and female patients differently? Is there something that you have in your head when a female patient comes that you don't consider with a male patient? That's it's a good question. Uh, perhaps we propose more contraception and more uh, progestin contraception to, um, to, um, to evit um, uh, a cycle, you know? Uh, because some women say that the chronic spontaneous urticaria depends on the cycle. Yes, I, I, I think we all we all have patients who report that the disease activity changes during uh, the cycle. But how often does that really ha happen? How how good is the evidence on how many women are affected this way? I think not so much. You, you, you what? Perhaps we, we, um, we have the, this type of patient in our consultation in Grenoble because they, they know that uh, we, we have uh, some um, good. <laughs> we, we, we as uh, we like to to take uh, care of this problem of uh, cycle and different disease in Grenoble. So, so we're right. I, I, I'm, do, I'm not sure if we do uh, a national study that we could identify this type of um, of uh, relation between cycle and, and this disease. We try to do it in France with the uh, French uh, urticaria group, and we don't see really so so much uh, relation. I think we should do this. No, we have the whole UCARE network um, ready to help, and it would be very interesting to see not only how often this happens and what impact uh, this brings to patients, but also how to deal with it. Because as you say, the use of contraception, maybe other tips and tricks that are used in the management of cycle-dependent chronic spontaneous urticaria could help to better manage this disease uh, or at least assess the uh, effects that come from it in patients who are affected. Yes, you're, you're right. We will, we will. It will be very interesting to to see that. Yes, I have one uh, other um, uh, question. Also, you know that urticaria uh, is a, a dermatologist. 
disease. And so I think that uh, we know that the impairment of quality of life in, in women is uh, uh, more important than men. And probably it's, it's because of the problem of aesthetic disease. Uh, do you think it's only a problem of aesthetic or also because uh, they have more pruritis and angioedema? I think it's both longs, really. Um, there's a study out there that looks at differences in quality of life impairment between male and female patients. Actually, the same study also looked at differences between old and young patients. And while it is true that all chronic urticaria patients, to some extent, are affected in their quality of life, some of them very much, uh, it is also true that the different aspects of quality of life are differently affected in male and female patients. And it is exactly like you say, the domain looks uh, or appearance is more affected in female patients. And that probably has something to do with the perception of patients where if you have a swollen lip, if you have a swollen eye, with angioedema, or you have wheels all over showing and you're constantly scratching to get uh, some relief, then this, uh, according to the data, matters more to female patients than to male patients. And I think we need to bring this on board when we treat patients, because in the end, what we want to do is reduce, minimize, zero that quality of life impairment. And so we need to know how patients are affected and uh, how the different aspects of quality of life, the different domains of quality of life suffer from this disease. Yeah, you're right that uh, we have to, to take uh, uh, into account, uh, in fact, the, in, the impairment of quality of life and the future, uh, future uh, therapeutic option must must uh, uh, consider that uh, not only to, to count uh, whales and providers, but also uh, the, the quality of life. Look, I think it, it is a good start to think about this disease as one with many bad effects on sleep, on sexual health, on food, on exercise. No, I talk to my patients and they say, I'm not doing any sports anymore because when I exercise, it gets worse. So I stopped doing it. And now I struggle with weight. Uh, there's a recent study out from our friends um, in, uh, at the UK in Kaisery uh, at uh, sexual health. And it is seven out of 10 women with chronic spontaneous urticaria who are impacted in their sexual health because of this disease. I think we need to spread the word and really um, make people aware that this is a devastating disease, especially for women, and especially because women are more often affected. Yes, you're right. And more, I think, that uh, perhaps we, we have to, to propose uh, some uh, feature therapeutic study with quality of life, but also to compare the improvement of men compared to women. We know that for every disease, other disease like uh, ischemic heart disease, we know that there is some difference between sex. And I think that also for future therapeutic studies, we have to do a different study uh, 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 with gender. I agree. This should be um, for future projects, a stratifier to really look more closely at the differences uh, 
in how male and female patients are affected, but possibly more importantly, how this can be helped with targeted treatment, with targeted management of the disease. You know, we talked about uh, aspects uh, already, but uh, with female patients with chronic spontaneous urticaria, more often uh, affected by autoimmune disease, it does make sense to look at targeted treatment for this specific subgroup, especially in the female patient population. Yes, you, you, we are right. <laughs> we seem to agree, Laurence, on this very much. I think the next step then should be to get a project of the ground to raise awareness of what chronic spontaneous urticaria does to patients and specifically female patients and to figure this out, to put our finger to the different possibilities uh, of how we can help patients, female patients. Um, that is not to say that we don't want to look at the male population, but I think once we understand the differences better, I think we can also help both better. Yes, you're right. I think the evidence in the literature in favor of gender difference in CSU, we agree that uh, there is some there are some evidence. And so it's important to do study, epidemiological study, and also uh, therapeutic studies. Very good, very good. Laurence, this brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your experience. Look, I, I'm not going to let you go without asking you one last question. And that would be, if you could today open a book that has all the answers to the questions of life, and this book had all the answers to the questions in chronic spontaneous urticaria. What answer would you know, would you want to know? What question would you like to get answered? Oh, <laughs> difficult, like it's for the end. Uh, I think that uh, why uh, uh, is, um, can we um, cure definitively chronic spontaneous urticaria? That is the perfect question, really, because, um, Laurence, this is what should drive us. No, in the end, we're doing um, a really good job already. Well, at least we will have the tools to do a really good job already, um, keeping patients without wheels, itch and angioedema, no, controlling the signs and symptoms. But what we really want to do is to cure the disease, to understand where it comes from and to change that, to take that away so that patients no longer have the disease. Thank you. Laurence, we are so much on board today. Uh, we share uh, the same vision, we look at the same problems and uh, we want to do the same things. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, today, for all of your work, your hard work um, in France uh, yeah, at your center and for the network, we really appreciate it. And uh, folks, that was another episode of All Things Urticaria. I'm going to say goodbye and thank you again, Laurence. Thank you, Marcus. And I'm going to say goodbye to our listeners, but not without telling you again that you can bring your ideas for episodes of this podcast to us. We will uh, address them in our future episodes of All Things Urticaria. This is it. For today, stay well, stay healthy, and talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website, www.medthority.com. Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.